everybody to the latest All Lions podcast here on Sunday ahead of probably one of the biggest games in the Detroit Lions franchise history. Sunday night football in front of a nationally televised audience. You have the Lions, 8-8, eight and eight, taking on the Packers, 8-8. Eight and eight. And I had to just wake up this morning and broadcast and talk about what's going to happen this Sunday. I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous, admittedly, that the Lions going into their contest this evening will be already eliminated. We have to sit through and grind the game against the Rams and the Seahawks. We have to watch it 4 p.m. this afternoon. We have to hope that the Detroit Lions still have a realistic opportunity to play at a high level. So let's find out. Bringing in my guy, Vito Cherko, All-Lions senior writer. Vito, I'm very curious. Man, what are your initial thoughts? Here we are, week 18, 8-8. Eight and eight. Nobody thought that the Lions would be in this position. They felt that the disrespect. They weren't invited to nationally televised games outside of Thanksgiving. They weren't viewed as a team that was going to be competitive. Even this game has been built on the storylines regarding Aaron Rodgers and his potential to get to the postseason. I'm curious, what are your thoughts about this game today? Well, you couldn't script it any better. My gosh, Week 18 showdown at Lambeau on Sunday night football to conclude the season. And the Lions, like you said, weren't expected to be here in this kind of position to even make the playoffs at this point. They started off 1-6, yet they've won seven of their last nine, are 8-8, eight and eight, as you said already, too, John, now. And now they're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with a chance to make the playoffs. And sure, the Seahawks have to lose to the Rams first. So the Rams have to take care of business and help out the Lions earlier today on Sunday. And that's going to be a difficult task. But the Rams have played a little little bit better of late with Baker Mayfield playing better than he was with the Panthers earlier in the season. So the Rams have a shot, in my opinion. And I don't think there's a biased take, John, on that match between the Seahawks and Rams. And the Seahawks are no world beaters. They're not this dominant team. You know, Geno Smith is all right. He's had a decent year. He really has. His best year of his NFL career. But... The Rams can win that game, and then I really believe, John, I don't think it's blasphemy to say that the Lions have a chance to win in Lambeau tonight. And I know historically, it's always been the Packers beating up on the Lions at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers beating up on the Lions anywhere he plays them. But it's not the same old Lions. It's not your father's Lions, not your grandfather's Lions. And this is not the same Aaron Rodgers behind center for the Packers either. He has not played at an elite level in 2022, as you know, John. Jared Goff has outplayed him for the majority of this season, has the better numbers to prove it as well. Just look up Jared Goff's stats. They are truly better almost across the board than Aaron Rodgers. And sure, it's just one game, one game to get into the playoffs, and you got to trust Rodgers. And I still uh, do, and I would especially trust him if I were a Packers fan. So, I mean, there's still a shot that he plays the best ball of uh, this season for himself tonight as well against the Lions in primetime on Sunday night. But still, if the Packers get it done tonight, John, I don't think it's going to be because of Rodgers. And really, to me, the Packers aren't in this position to make the postseason right now because of Aaron, the man, A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers, that is. Because really, it's been three phases of their team uh, that I don't think a lot of pundits have talked about nearly enough. And that's been the run game with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, their defense, and their special teams. 
those three phases, John, of their team have been the reason why they've had this stretch of late where they've gotten to this point where they have a chance now to win and get into the postseason. It really hasn't been Rodgers playing spectacular football. And once again, the numbers prove it. Golfers outplayed him. Rodgers has just really been a game manager at this point. And I don't think he's washed. He's not that. I'm not going to go say that, okay? Because that would probably be blasphemy. And I would get killed, right, from other people, and especially Packers fans, if I went on and said that, John. But, man, he's not the reason why they are in this position right now. Truly, it's because of their defense, their run game, and their special teams. Yeah, Vito, it's amazing. It's been a nice opportunity, a nice run here for the Detroit Lions. What have you seen from this Lions football team? What has contributed to the turnaround? Obviously, you said it. It starts with Jared Goff. It starts with this awesome figure, this great player that really had been, you know, many people, many Lions fans viewed him as the throwaway, as the guy that was just the the fill-in, the extra added quarterback that was brought in from the Rams trade in getting those extra picks. Now you look at it and the work that he did, the testament to Jared Goff, the work that he did to work with Ben Johnson, to get into that offense, to have the relationship with the front office and Brad Holmes. You look at it and you see, well, okay, the Lions built around Jared Goff this year. The Lions were able to take what Jared Goff does really well in terms of the short passing game, really developing the relationship with Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark throughout the year. And the running game at times with DeAndre Swift, I think, has really helped at times make this offense explosive. I mean, Vito, we have to give the Lions credit in regards to their ability in the red zone to put up points. Yes, there was a lull at times, but this offense, my goodness, I am really surprised that Jared Goff had this level of success. I mean, great numbers. No interceptions in a significant stretch. What do you make of how the Lions came back from that 1-6 and six start. Well, yeah, so the stat here for golf is, in his last eight games, 15 touchdowns and no interceptions. How about that? And nobody saw this coming out of Jared Goff after his first season of Motown, but he was miserable for the majority of the season, really until Ben Johnson got elevated to a play-calling role last year, along with Dan Campbell. Once that happened, John, as you know, Goff took off a little bit and played some better ball. But nobody saw him having a season like this year, where his numbers are as good as they are, or better than Aaron Rodgers once again. I know it's horrible for me to you know go with that line again, but it's the truth. It really is the truth. And to see him play a season where really he's been a comeback player of the year candidate, in my opinion. So the reason for this one and six start, well, it was because of some inefficiencies defensively, right? Uh, golf was still playing on right. The offense was still playing pretty high level football. But since then, you've seen golf play at an even higher level. Plus, and I think more importantly, John, as you know, the defense has stepped up. Big time. And specifically now, the Lions really have a potent pass rush. And how about the rookie pass rushing duo of Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston? Aiden Hutchinson with seven and a half sacks. James Houston with eight sacks in six games. That has keyed this turnaround hugely. And we've seen the Lions have a lot better performances against the run as well. Up until that Panthers game a few weeks ago on Christmas Eve when they just got shelled and Gosh, the Panthers ran all over the Lions, and and nobody really saw that coming based on how the Lions were playing going into that matchup on Christmas Eve. Yet the Lions allowed that to occur 
They were miserable. Nobody could tackle, and you remember that, John. Akuda couldn't tackle. Kirby Joseph couldn't wrap up anybody. The linebackers, Alex Anzalone and Malcolm Rodriguez, those guys couldn't wrap up anybody. So it was a miserable performance from the Lions defensively. But realistically speaking, the Lions' defense has picked it up during this stretch in which they won seven of their last nine games. You know, we could go against Justin Fields. He still had his runs, his big gashes. But you know what? Really, they, they limited him, and they limited the rest of the Bears' offensive attack as well. So the defense has really keyed this turnaround up to this point, John. And I really believe, too, that the Lions are believing in Dan Campbell more and more. They're embracing his mentality. They're playing harder and harder for him by the week. And outside of that Panthers game once again, You've seen the energy of the Lions be at a high level. The Lions, you know, running through a wall for their head coach. So outside of that game, you've seen the Lions be ultra competitive as, you know, as they've won seven of their last nine games, have had this great stretch to turn around their season, to get to a chance where they have a chance in week 18 to make the playoffs now. So to me, you know, it is about golf. It really is, as we already mentioned, and Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DJ Shark, those guys getting involved more and more with the offense. St. Brown being just great all year long. Uh, these tight ends for the Lions stepping up. How about these reserve tight ends stepping up and contributing in the passing game after TJ Hawkinson was dealt? Brock Wright with multiple touchdowns. Uh, Shane Zilstra with multiple touchdowns. These dudes, John, that we thought were reserves for a reason. They've been stepping up, and that's a credit as well to Ben Johnson and company. You know, the Lions offensive coaching staff getting those guys more involved in the passing game on a weekly basis. Even rookie James Mitchell uh, has had a few catches in recent weeks, and a stretch of games where he's had at least one catch a game. So give Ben Johnson and this Lions offensive coaching staff credit in their play calling, too, you know, and implementing certain things and getting back to the run game as well last week. That was huge to see, John, too, seeing Swift be so actively involved. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams being so actively involved and now has a chance to tie Barry Sanders, right, and his rushing touchdown record in a single season. And Williams might just do that tonight because I really think Johnson and company are going to heavily involve Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift because they know by establishing that ground game, it opens up the play action passing game and what Jared Goff can do through the air. And maybe he finds Chark deep. Maybe he actually finds Jameson Williams deep for a touchdown, John. How great would that be to see that Jared Goff and Williams connecting after their rapport has been extremely low up to this point? And because of Williams missing as much of the season as he has, but still, how about a bomb from Goff to Williams in a winning effort for the Lions on Sunday night football against the Pack? How special would that be to see that happen in the final week of the regular season with there being a chance for the Lions to clinch a postseason spot too? Yeah, Vito, it would be amazing if the Lions incorporated Jamison Williams more on Sunday night football in prime time with everything at stake. I think that everybody would love to see that. It's really an interesting look at uh, a football player that everybody's wanting to see, clamoring to see Jamison Williams. You saw the excitement when he got the football in the run and the rush that he had against the Bears. It was fascinating. Everybody was excited. Everybody was really interested and intrigued. And you even saw Jamison Williams smiling as he rushed down the sideline, potentially there scoring against the Bears. But I do have to ask you, the biggest concern that many people are going to have 
this weekend, this Sunday, Lambeau Field, can the Lions defense step up one more time? They've had really an up and down year. When they're on, you see the likes, like you said earlier, Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston. You now have Malcolm Rodriguez. Alex Anzalone played better throughout the year. You have this defense that is opportunistic, that does want to force turnovers. But then you look on the other side, the back end, the portion of the team that is considered the weakness. It's led by Jerry Jacobs, who's admirably come back from his severe injury last year. But Jeff Okuda showed up late on the injury report. You're not exactly certain his status. And you have young players at the safety position that potentially are going to get reps. I think Deshaun Elliott will suit up and play, playing alongside Kirby Joseph. Mm -hmm. What's your level of confidence that the secondary will hold up because I just think that Aaron Rodgers might want to pick on the line secondary, at least try and test some of the cornerbacks this weekend. You know what? Rodgers is so smart. I think even though he's so cocky and I think he's arrogant and highly egotistical, but he knows his strengths and he knows what they are right now as well. At this point in his career, he's not as great of a passer. Okay, as great of a difference maker as he once was as a QB and with throwing the football, making an impact that way. And sure, he still believes in his abilities and he still can, you know, throw a dart over the middle, make a big play happen with his arm here and there. But now at this point, this Packers offensive attack is all about running the football. So I'm scared, John. I am about the Lions ability to stop the run in week 18. When you have these DBs and safeties that really haven't played that well against the run over the course of the season. Now, once again, they've played better recently outside of that Panthers game. But still, the Packers have a great running back duo with A.J. Dillon, a bulldozer, and then Aaron Jones, who also can make a big-time difference and is their leading rusher up to this point. But Dylan could be a number one back on another team. So these guys are really good at running the football. They are a dynamic duo out of the backfield for the Packers. So they could very well run all over the Lions all game long on Sunday night. And that's what I fear can and will happen tonight, John, too. And I think that could be the difference maker for the Packers in this one. Now Rodgers and his arm. Once again, maybe he makes a throw or two right when he has to on a third, fourth down to convert. Something like that, John, I could see happening definitely. And they have Christian Watson now, who he's built up a rapport with a great rookie wideout that can stretch it deep as well and take the top off the defense. But really, to me, it's going to come down to the Lions' ability to stop the run, as you already brought up here. That's going to be the difference maker, whether or not the Lions can stop it or at least can limit the productivity of Dylan and Jones. And I really fear... That's not going to happen. I don't think the Lions are going to really do a great job at limiting the ground game led by Jones and then supplemented by Dylan. And that's what I fear will end up being the kryptonite for the Lions and end up costing them this game in primetime on Sunday night. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be the thing that upsets most people is if the defense does not step up, if the defense, if Jeff Okuda is out there taking penalties. I, I don't know. I wrote in my predictions for all Lions that I think that the officials might play a part in this one because you look at the Lions defense, they want to be aggressive, right? Vito, you want to see them. Mm-hmm. They want to be physical, violent. And at some point, will the officials take that away from the Lions? Will they not let Jerry Jacobs and uh, Jeff Okuda be physical in this contest. It's, it's going to be imperative that if the Lions have the opportunity that they're given the chance to at least play their game. That's what I hope. I hope that the officials don't become part of the story and don't take away 
the advantage that potentially Detroit has because that defense, you've seen, Vito, it's nice to see a physical defense. It's nice to see Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston play at an aggressive level. It's nice to see. It's nice to see that the Lions' young talent, and that's what gives a lot of people hope, is this young this team is led by young players. It's wild to see the emergence of Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston who used his time. When can you say that you saw a player use his time on the practice squad that wisely, and then when they come right in, just immediately contribute? Remember, Vito, we've always been told, we looked at like players like Jelani Tavai and players that have come through in the past, and we said, we have to be patient. You have to be patient. Well, mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, Vito, has three interceptions. Three interceptions in his rookie year. <laughs> and the Lions rookies potentially could set a record in regards to the number of sacks that have been produced. So I've been just greatly impressed that immediate impact, and that's what you need when you're building a young football team. And it's been impressive. And uh, you look at James Houston, you look at Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez, you're getting contributions from players that have been drafted at lower positions. Look at Kirby Joseph. He had opportunities Mm -hmm. to pick off Aaron Rodgers. So I'm very excited and I can't wait for this evening game to see how it shakes up. But I'm curious because psychologically, Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Many people are just overlooking the impact that the Rams game against the Seahawks is going to have. I mean, I look at human nature and say, it stinks. Did the Lions get... um, Get kind of get put in on the wrong end of the deal here. I, I I just don't understand why you wouldn't have. I know it's fun. I know you want the national attention. I know it's great that you have an opportunity to play in front of a big audience. But I think the prime decision should have been made to play the game concurrently with the Rams game. I mean, the back and forth, the drama that could have happened, I thought would have maybe even put the pressure much more on the Seahawks to know that the Lions are playing right at the exact same time. It just kind of, I know people are saying, yeah, the Lions earned a spot, but it feels like the the nation and the television producers put this game on to coronate Aaron Rodgers in primetime. And, and I think it sucks because how do you, I know they're professional. I know Dan Campbell is an amazing coach. I know the Lions want to win nine games. They view it as a playoff game. But how do you as a human, how do you put that aside if and should the Rams lose and you're you're going into the game at 8.30 and you're already eliminated? I don't know how you put that behind you. I just feel like there's a chance for maybe a letdown at least in the first quarter. Am, am I wrong? Am I, looking, am I not looking at the competitive edge that Dan Campbell gives this team? Because, man, it's just – it stinks that the Lions are going to know their fate. Uh, and even knowing if the Rams win, I think that puts so much pressure – on the players right then and there, they're no, okay, maybe maybe it can be a blessing in disguise that would focus the team, get them ready to go, make them play better. But I just think it ramps up the pressure to the highest degree if you know, okay, we win and we're in, we lose and we're out. <laughs> I just think concurrent for the drama, for the competitive balance, I just felt like it would have been advantageous for the game to take place simultaneously 4 o'clock today. Well, yeah, I think on Saturday night, last night on ESPN as part of their doubleheader, or simultaneously at 425, like you said, the game should have taken place. But these NFL executive decision makers, they don't care about the Lions, really. 
you said it best, John. They care about coronating Aaron Rodgers' season and him getting into the playoffs. And the Packers playing on primetime at Lambeau with a chance to make it in. So even with the Lions' great story this year, because really they've been one of the best stories in all of football, right? Especially from last season to this year, then after starting one and six, and with Dan Campbell and his energy and the you know just what he brings to the table as a head coach of the Lions. Lions have been a great story, and Dan Campbell may you know may very well win Coach of the Year. Maybe he should. Now, Doug Peterson has a really good opportunity to win it as well, man, because he won the division, clinched that on Saturday night. But still, Campbell has a chance. He has a great story, a lot of momentum surrounding him, right? A lot of buzz surrounding him in this Lions team. But these NFL schedule makers, they care a lot more about Aaron Rodgers and his legacy and what he's going to do to get into the playoffs, potentially. So that's why this is a Sunday night game. They could have cared less about the Lions. But to answer your question now, you know, mentally, psychologically for the Lions, with the fact that they might already know their fate and know that, hey, Seahawks, they took care of business, so there's no way we're getting in now going into Sunday night's contest. Still, and you said it too, the Lions want to win nine games. They want to go over 500. And I think also a big factor here is that they want to play spoiler to the Packers season. They want to make sure Aaron Rodgers and company doesn't make the playoffs. And the way of doing that is by beating the Packers tonight. And here's the thing, as you know, too, John, and Lions fans are well aware of this. Rodgers has completely owned, okay? The definition of owned he has with the Lions over his career. And he has disrespected them left and right, left and right all of this year and in years past as well. He could care less about the Lions organization. He totally does not respect the Lions organization. And some of that is because of the Lions, you know, historically bad past. But still, here's a guy with a huge ego who disrespects you and your squad, you you and your teammates. Now you have a chance to go out there and beat him and to make sure he doesn't get into the playoffs by beating him. So there is a a psychological factor in itself for why you still, John, I think if you're the Lions, you still go out there and you play a strong game from start to finish, despite the fact that the Seahawks, once again, might take care of business, beat the Rams, and subsequently the Lions might, or then, at that point, would not have a chance to get into the playoffs, even if they were to beat the Packers tonight. That's a factor right there. That's the biggest psychological thing and edge for the Lions going into this one, despite the fact they might not get into the playoffs by winning. It is the fact that, hey, these Lions can beat Aaron Rodgers, the guy that has pretty much cramped on you, right, all throughout his career, specifically throughout the entirety of this season, has given you no credit for anything you've done uh, for beating him and forcing three picks from him in week nine. Rodgers, you know, said he gifted the one to Hutchinson and pretty much gifted a win to the Lions in week nine when the Packers lost 15-9 to Detroit at Ford Field. So he gave you no credit for that win, okay? And now you have the chance to beat him. Fair and square, beat him soundly and at his place at Lambeau, a place where the Lions have historically underachieved and struggled. So this is the opportunity for the Lions. And I'm not going to say of a lifetime, you know, but still, for I think a lot of these players, John, the young core of this team, it's still the opportunity to shine in primetime where they haven't had the chance to do so. I mean, all these rookies, Aiden Hutchinson spoke about it this week and how meaningful it is to him to play on primetime. So if it really is that meaningful, Aiden, and to all you guys out there, go out there, boys, and play a hard game, a strong game from the first quarter on. And I really think the Lions can, John, and will do that. 
regardless of what happens between the Seahawks and Rams. And I think as well, even though the Packers are the favorite here, it's still the Lions as the underdog. I give the Lions a chance to win this contest in Week 18. So the question that everybody wants to debate and talk about, and look, there's a chance. You know, it's obviously the Rams are a big underdog. You're hearing maybe that Sean McVay is going to take time off or that his future is unknown. Is the Lions season a success in your mind if they don't make the playoffs? Now, a playoff run would be great. It would be icing on the cake. And by no means would would we be shocked if the Lions make the postseason. But a lot has to happen. And, and, And something involves, you know, the Rams going to Seattle in order to win. So would this season, in your mind, be a success if they finish 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, but they don't end up in the NFC playoffs? I think, for me, it's a great season. You, you now know who your core is. You have optimism. I think Brad Holmes has the answer regarding the future of Jared Goff. I think that Dan Campbell has cemented himself to be the coach for the foreseeable future beyond 2023. You have a young, and then Vito, we're talking, we're not even talking about the two more first round talent picks that are going to join this roster, presumably on defense. That is going to sure up some of the concerns that I naturally brought up. So for me, it's a success beyond what we thought that this team could accomplish. Prior to the year, I had the team going eight and nine. The one and six start really upset a lot of people and put into question a lot of what people thought the Lions could. Uh, could accomplish, but I think that the pressure and the heat was something that was good for the Lions. I mean, could you imagine if this football team just had carte blanche and just could have acted however they wanted? They might have just finished the year with three wins. The heat got turned up. The owner had to come out and say, hey, be patient, everybody, and they finally figured out a way to win, and I think that was a good thing, the pressure, because it's a win-now business, but eight wins in Dan Campbell's second year I think puts him on the map and puts realistic goals ahead of this football team. I think the year's a success, no matter what happens uh, Sunday night. Well, John, well, yeah, I agree. I mean, how many games would really quick Matt Patricia have won with this team, which is a better squad than last year when he was a coach, you could argue, I guess. But, man, these guys would have given up after one and six. You kind of yep, already, yep. you know, inferred that. I think that would have happened with this Lions team. They would have only won four games or something like that. But anyways, now at eight and eight, and even if they go eight and nine, yes, John, to answer your question, they are exceeding expectations. It is a successful season. For me, I picked them to go seven and ten. So now they're going to go eight and nine at the very least. Yeah, that's successful. And, and no, it's not greatly successful because you're not getting into the playoffs. You're not finishing above five hundred. But eight and nine, based on where people pick them, where I specifically pick the Lions to finish, it's a success. It really is. And yes, the Lions are ahead of the curve a little bit. Are a year ahead of time with their rebuild now because now you go into next year. And here's the thing: because of them being ahead of time in their rebuild, John. The expectations are going to be plentiful next year, though, now. How do these Lions handle those expectations when they're, guess what, they're going to be picked up, make the wild card at the very least, by a lot of pundits out there in the preseason next year. And maybe even picked to win the division by some, maybe by you and I as well, eventually, John, and by a lot of other people, too, and not just the fans who are biased about their team. So that's the thing about this Lions team. This year, they have flown under the radar, right? They weren't expected to do anything they were expected to do diddly squat and especially if they're starting off one in six yet they're here with a chance to make the playoffs yeah it's been a successful season and once again you can argue that dan campbell has done 
uh, stellar job with this team and to the point where he deserves to win coach of the year. Despite the fact what the Jags have done, because, you know, they went from the worst team in the NFL to winning the AFC South, and they clinched that, you know, Saturday night on ESPN there. Doug Peterson deserves some, obviously, attention and consideration for this award, coach of the year, too. But you still, John, you still might give it to Dan Campbell. And guess what? At the end of the day, Campbell is still going to get votes, in my opinion. All right, Vito, let's put it on the table. Last topic here with our last remaining minutes here on the All Lines podcast. Make sure, everybody, you read Vito's work. He's put in the work over the last few years. He's been along for the ride through this entire pro- uh, process. And now that I've uh, upgraded the facilities here at the Hacienda here at home and at the Sterling Heights studios, I should feature Vito a lot more in a lot of different ways with videos and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Follow Vito on Twitter at Vito Jerome. His work is featured daily at All Lions. He's the man that makes it all stir. He's, he's the, the straw that stirs the drink of this crazy chaos, keeps it in line, gives us professional credibility, and uh, definitely has strong takes and really good NFL takes as he watches these Detroit Lions and what they build as well. So put it on the table. What happens? Sunday night football, Lambeau Field, night game, hopefully. Look, I have to give you the warning, Vito. If you notice that all of a sudden my the, the, key, were, the key will be, if you, if you notice the tweets, just stop flowing in during the game. Call my phone nonstop. Call the wife. Make sure I didn't fall asleep because we're doing so. We're doing so much on Sunday. I'm getting up so early at six o'clock. I'm hyped, and uh, I gotta drink the coffee right at the right time. But if you see like half hour go by and no tweets roll out, call the house. Check on me. Make sure that these night games take a toll on us older fellows. But what happens tonight? Sunday night football, the season finale for the Lions. Who you got and why? Well, drink the coffee, drink the Red Bull. Trust me, I got to get the energy in me as well, okay, before tonight's game and throughout the entirety of tonight's game. But anyways, my prediction is the Lions ultimately lose this contest, John. But I think they make it a heck of a game from start to finish. I think they lose very close. I think it's a 27-21 to Packers win. And just because of the fact, as I said in my prediction on SIL Lions, not because of Rodgers' arm and what he's going to do specifically, but more because of the fact that their defense has been great in recent memory and enforcing turnovers specifically. Also, their ground game has been really good and their special teams. So I think those three phases of the game for the Packers allow them to prevail victoriously in this game on Sunday night, unfortunately. Unfortunately for the Lions' sake. Yeah, I think a lot of people, 79% of NFL experts predict the Packers. Maybe the Lions can play spoilers. Maybe that's their rule. But it's going to be a good game. I think that Amonra St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, it's going to be key. In these big games, Vito, the one thing that you got to be mindful of, it's cold, the football, the slippery nature of it. Jared Goff has to protect the football. You can't have center exchanges with golf going astray. You can't have these trick plays where you saw when the Jaguars tried to flip the football, they got popped and they turned the football over. If the Lions give the Packers any sort of advantage, I think they'll take advantage. So I, I do think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be some kind of turnover freak thing that happens. It's just tough. It's just a tough situation. The Packers have a lot to play for. And I can't imagine that they're going to bring a game less than their A-plus game. I see them playing their best game of the year. They're going to shine and play at a high level, which will be too much. So I have a prediction as well, 27-23. Still a good game, still hard fought. I don't think you, 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 no one will be talking SOL. I think people will be talking about the strong nature of 
this performance and the season and taking a real strong look at what this team can bring to the future. You see the party atmosphere. All the Lions fans went to the bars on Saturday night. They take they, they took over Green Bay and they're having a good time. Lions fans have traveled well. I'm hoping to hear a loud contingent of Lions fans when the, when the Lions uh, hopefully score a bunch of touchdowns. So it's going to be a fun game, Vito. Let's, let's hope for the best, but I think that we're being realistic here in that if this game was at Ford Field, I think everybody universally would pick the Lions. But they only won 15 to 9 against a horrible team. Remember, the Packers were horrible and they only won 15 to 9. So imagine now Aaron Rodgers and his receivers with a better capacity, Alan Lazard healthier, young wide receivers, and Christian Watson taking a step forward and their running game. Oh, it's going to be tough, Vito, but I appreciate your time this morning. We're going to do many more of these. Like I said, reinvested back in the broadcast. I love it. You're going to see a lot more content from All Lions as we continue to be in the mix. Vito, look, you know you know how I feel about you. I keep you around. So it's been a great run, man. We've been doing this since 2019. We're in the mix covering the Detroit Lions. The ins and outs are there, get, getting you the inside knowledge. And now that we have the opportunity in another form via the audio content that we can bring you, it's going to be great. So stay tuned with All Lions. Keep us in the mix for your Lions coverage. Thanks for listening to the latest All Lions podcast, and let's go. Let's see what happens with the Lions. Follow along at Detroit Podcast, and make sure you visit si.com slash NFL slash Lions.